Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. I am your host, Angela Gennari. Today, we are speaking with Megan Miller, who is a professional speaker, creator, and host of Attention to Intention Podcast and self-proclaimed intentional living expert. Thank you so much for joining us, Megan. Oh, Angela, I am so happy to be here. I just, I love this community you're building mm-hmm. and the conversations that you're having. It's, it's amazing. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I think you're going to give so much value to our listeners today with everything that you're about to tell us. So I want to introduce Megan because she is so incredibly impressive and I'm just in love with her topic because we are just not having this conversation enough. So Megan Miller is a professional speaker, creator, and host of Attention to Intention podcast and on a mission to help high-performing, go-getting professionals detox off the drug of achievement. Over the, fa- over the past 15 years, Megan's laser focus on climbing the corporate ladder resulted in a successful career as a sales executive in the hospitality industry, managing a portfolio of 150 hotels and $1 billion in revenue. Raised by a single mother in rural Pennsylvania, inflicted with a speech impediment and feeling like she had to fight for her seat at the table, Megan clawed her way to the corner office. And when she landed there, she realized she was an empty, unfulfilled and addicted to the drug of achievement. After realizing she was living in a lonely, dark world focused on hustle and achievement, she made a choice to get brave and get still and start using the power of intention to live a more inspired life. This laid a foundation for helping high-performing go-getting professionals stop in living to make it in, excuse me, to stop living to make it to Friday, sleepwalking through a robotic nature, and start living with inspiration and fulfillment and connection to your most trusted advisor, yourself. So very impressive. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's so as you read that back, I think to myself, oh my God, I don't even recognize that person. <laughs> You ever have that all the time where you never even take a moment to recognize how far you've gone in your journey. You're just always focused on the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't do that enough. We don't look back and say, wow, I did that. You know, I, and, and I'm going to be very transparent with you, Megan, you are talking to a very self-proclaimed type a driven ENTJ win it all costs. <laughs> I know you, I see you, I am you, my girl. That's why so, we are spiritually connected. So I am excited for what you have to say, because I think I could use this lesson myself. <laughs> and I think we all could, like I, it took me to be down in the mm-hmm. dumps, the, 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 the deepest, darkest despair to really figure out there was another way to live. Yeah. Absolutely. And and to your point earlier, Angela, these are the things we don't talk about. Right. And so I am. um, I'm just so excited to to dig into it with you. Yes, absolutely. So tell me, you know, we were we have a very similar past, you know, raised by a single mother, absentee dad. You know, so where does this come from? Where where have you really kind of found your journey in all of this? And, you know, the childhood traumas from 
I don't know where this stems from. Like, is it that we're trying to make our dad feel bad for leaving us? <laughs> is it that we're trying to make our mother proud? Is it, is it that mentality of, I never want that to be me? Where does this come from? I love, 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 love that you started with this question, mm. my friend, because I, at least for myself, looking back on my own journey, I was so quick to not want to go back there. Right. Fights. If your if your family was anything like mine, we didn't mm. talk about anything. Oh no, 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 never, never. So you Mm-mm. stuffed it down, and mm-hmm. that was my mo through life to stuff it down. If it was uncomfortable, don't deal with it. Yes. So when I began this journey, it was interesting to me to realize that I had to really dig back through the layers of yeah. the muck and the myrrh and things that I ran away from for all of these years, and it all dialed back to my childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Of of things I never dealt with. So absentee father. And I think, Mm -hmm. and I'd be curious your take on it. I had, after I gave myself the courage to really lean into those feelings, dealing with abandonment Mm -hmm. made me think, well, I don't need anybody. I'm going to take care of me. Yep. And that began down this journey of never letting anybody in, building my walls up, taking care of me. And the first thing that gave me that validation that I was worthy and I was good is what I hung on to. Mm -hmm. And that was this hotel sales job. Yeah. So then it just bred that addiction of things that I never had in life growing up, feeling like I was worthy enough. You know, I was a chubby kid from central PA, single mom who worked two jobs to keep a roof over our head, speech impediment. Like I just... I was so desperate for my place in the world. And when I found that, man, I hung on and it became my laser focus for the next 15 years. So so to your question, I think it really came down for me, like just never feeling like I found my path or my people or people that understood me. I, I would see the girls with both parents and I was so jealous of that. My mom had to work two jobs, so she was Mm -hmm. never really around. And I was just so desperate for attention. And I I never knew how to give myself that sort of love, which which made me need to get it from the outside world. Yeah, I, I can completely relate to that on every single level, because I think so much of my childhood was spent saying, you know, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. You know, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to be the one who is in control of my destiny. Nobody's going to walk out on me again. Nobody's going to do this. You know, and my mom was always very much like never depend on anybody else. You can do everything yourself. And I mean, she's, she's in the back alley behind our house. You know, we lived in downtown in York, Pennsylvania, and we lived next to an alleyway and she would be back there changing her own oil. (laughs) And she would, she was serious about, she can do anything herself. And that's kind of how I was raised. And so it's, it's hurt me in some ways because I'm very, it's very hard for me to depend on somebody else. And then if they disappoint me in any way, I've like, I've completely eliminated them from my life. Like the whole abandonment thing is one factor, but then there's the whole factor of disappointment, right? So we can't deal with disappointment well either. Are you ready for another universal moment? Please. I am from Central PA. That's amazing. (laughs) 
<laughs> As you said, York, for those listeners that might not know Central yeah. PA, I, I York is very close to where I grew up. So we were just talking earlier before we hit record of these little serendipitous moments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and check. Here's another one. And that's amazing because everybody always says, you know, nobody understands what Central PA is. But like Pennsylvania is not Philadelphia and Pittsburgh only. Can we just be clear about that? <laughs> they are on opposite yes. sides of the state and everything else is Central PA. <laughs> so. You heard it here first. Anyone who wants some PA knowledge, we can give that to you. <laughs> we, we can. <laughs> we can. So, so, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm in so fascinated by this topic because as I'm reading through it, I'm like, does she know that <laughs> this is me? Like all of this, this overachiever, this, you know, drug of achievement, like, and, and it's just one of those things where it's so hard to step back and say, maybe this is a problem. Maybe I should be easier on myself. And I am so hard on myself and I imagine you are too. And so, you know, stepping back and just giving myself grace is one of the hardest things to do. Why do you think we have such trouble with that? Oh God, because we're never trained how to talk to ourselves. We are, we never have that education or the toolkit or the language to understand these conversations that go on with the demon that lives in our mind. Yes. So you, so, so that demon that lives up there, that roommate, whatever you Mm want to call it, it, if you are not trained or, or taught how to have that, it can paralyze you. Yeah. And it can hold you back from all of these things in life. Like we will do more for others than mm-hmm. we ever would ourselves. We forgive others easier. We show up for others better. We will sacrifice ourselves at all costs for others. And we're Absolutely. never taught how to have that with ourselves. And I think when you start to do these these little micro steps that I would love to, to talk to you about when, when you're ready yeah. to dial into that, I found that it allowed that voice, that demon in my mind to get quieter Mm. and a voice that I never listened to, which was my intuition to get louder. Oh, interesting. I love it. Okay. So talk to me about these micro steps, because when you're, when you're talking about showing up for yourself and you're saying, do it in micro steps, what does that mean? What does that look like? I thank you for this question. I love this because we are a world and a culture that loves to give buzzwords, right? So self-care is all over the place. Self-care, self-care, self-care. Well, really what the world likes to label it as is getting the manicure, getting Mm. the spa treatment, doing the bath. And are all those things great? Yeah, absolutely. They are. those things. But what I mean by taking time for yourself, which is the first micro step, it's just these small little things you do every day that changes the conversation in your mind. And what I mean by that is, you know, for instance, getting up when the alarm rings, mm-hmm. yeah, not hitting the snooze 10 times, not keeping the phone by your bedside or your nightstand table. Mm-hmm. That was a game changer for me because I'm not scrolling then social. Mm-hmm. I'm not checking the email moments before I go to bed and wonder why I can't sleep well. Right. The right. temptation is taken away from hitting the snooze. It, that's what I mean by by making time for you, getting yeah. up, what, keeping the first promise to yourself. Uh, uh, another thing, Angela, that was huge for me 
because I didn't have the language. I didn't, like I said, I didn't have the, the, the toolkit to understand all of these emotions that were built up inside of me was writing. Mm, okay. So what I would do is spend five minutes in the morning, five minutes, just pen to paper, freeing the thoughts from my mind and just putting them onto pen to paper. How am I feeling today and why? And I wouldn't even reread it. I wouldn't even, it didn't even need to make sense. Like there were times I caught myself censoring myself and thinking, I can't write that. And then I would think to myself, if you can't be honest with yourself, Megan, who, who can you be honest with? Absolutely. So true. So true. And I think we do that a lot, right? We lie to ourselves. No, it's fine. I feel fine today. I don't feel fine. I need to not be, you know, in 50 meetings today. I need to just be sitting in my backyard. <laughs> yes. And that yeah. is okay. You are not a failure. Right. If you need to hit the pause, right. listen to your body. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, you know, we talk about burnout. So, you know, did you, when you were in the hotel industry, you know, did you, what happened to give you this perspective? Where were you when, when you were saying, I can't do this anymore. I need a new perspective on, on life. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I'm sure you can look back on your life and see these building blocks that you never saw in the moment because in the eye of the tornado, it never seems like there is anything on the other end of it. Sure. Absolutely. And for me, it was one of those moments that brought me to my knees. And and it's those moments that that really lead the way into something great if you look for it. Absolutely. So I was about to sign this offer letter for this job that I worked over a decade for. I I thought in my mind, it was the missing piece, right? Like you always deal with stuff on surface level. So I Mm -hmm. thought I get this job. This is going to fix everything. Mm -hmm. And I can only think of it as divine intervention or the universe or whatever you word you want to use. That had, I almost had a moment as I'm about to sign this offer letter where I like rose above myself and I saw my life like a movie screen. Yeah. And I was horrified at what I saw. I, I realized for the first time that I was $20,000 in debt because I thought the latest thing would fulfill yeah. me. Right. It never did. Mm-mm. I was in a loveless relationship. Mm. I was binge drinking every chance I got because I hated the silence. Mm. Yes. And I cut myself off from my friends and family because I thought I don't want to hear how great their life is while I'm barely hanging on. Yeah. So I was in this alone cocoon, barely hanging on to life. And then that Christmas... My ex-boyfriend got me two Christmas gifts and the one should have been a sign. It's funny. You remember the good Christmas gifts and the bad ones. <laughs> right. And the first one was anti-aging cream. If you oh, can believe it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that should have been a sign, Angela. That should have been a sign. And then oh. the second one, and now I'm going to age myself when I say this, but it was a Tony Robbins box CD set that like folded out. Okay. And as I listened to that CD, like it was jock jams that summer. I was so desperate uh-huh. for something. It made me realize Tony's words hit me and made me realize that the only person that was in control of my life, it wasn't the job. 
It wasn't the what I thought my boss wanted. It wasn't my family situation. It wasn't my ex-boyfriend. It was me. Yeah. And the only person that was going to get me out of it was me. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yes. So then what do you do? Yeah. Do you turn down the offer? Well, I, I did take the offer. Okay. Okay. I did take the offer. But this is where the really hard stuff comes in because it's easy yeah. to point the finger at anybody else and say, well, it's the job. Nothing ever works out for me. Oh, yeah. It's this, right? Like, it's, it's easy to blame everybody else, but it's really hard when you have to dig in and do the work on yourself because mm-hmm. you're the common mm-hmm. denominator in all this. You can leave oh, the yeah. job, but you're going to go to the next one. Mm-hmm. You can end the relationship, but you're going to go to the next one. So you need to do the work on you. Um, And that's where the really hard work began for me. Mm, That's amazing. Yeah, so I agree. And, you know, when you say you're the common denominator, it's so true. What people aren't realizing when they look at everything in their life is the common denominator of all your failures is you. The common denominator of all of your successes is you. So own what you need to own to get where you want to be. But too many people blame their failures on everybody else and their successes on themselves and then wonder why they have more failures, right? Because you're not owning what you did in those things. And so, yeah, it's so important that we start taking accountability for all aspects of our life. And, you know, when you're talking about looking back and, and you know, having these conversations with yourself, what you're really saying is, I took accountability for who I am and where I am. And it was time to own that. Yes, yes. I love that. So true. So well said. Yeah. So, so I agree. So you, you talk about the darkest moments become those moments of breakthrough. And I think this happens so many times. I mean, people who go through addictions, people who go through divorce, like those are your breakthrough moments, right? That's your, that's your, your time to pivot and say, I can keep going down this track and I can kind of see where this is going to lead me, you know, in a pretty bad place, probably, um, or I can pivot and it's choosing to pivot. That makes all the difference. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's scary as all hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because as, as humans, we want, well, at least 90% of us want the two, two main things. Certainty. Yep. We want to be guaranteed what's on the other end of that. A hundred percent. We want to make sure that we feel significant. Yeah. So, so that's why it's so scary to, to, to make the leap because you're going in the deep end and you have no idea what's on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. And if you'll be successful, we're, we're so fe- so fearful of failure that we let it just paralyze us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how do you start detoxing off of that drug of achievement that you talked yeah. about? How do you do that? So it's the little things. Okay. It's the little things like we all we are cultured to believe that it's the big things. Yeah. So you think you don't like your job. You want to quit your job. You want right. to move. You want to end the relationship. It's dry January. It's the cleanse. Like, yes, think yeah. it's, right. We think it's these huge things. <laughs> yeah. They all think it's these buzzwords. I'm just going to go gluten free. I'll just do yes. this. It'll change everything. It'll in my fix life. everything. It'll fix all my issues. <laughs> right. And we want the fix now and we want it in the package we want and we yes. want it in 48 hours. Yes. Yes. Well, what I found what really helped me were, with these micro steps was to one, make, make the one commitment to myself, right? Keep it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then too, like in the morning, so in the morning when I would spend the four minutes or five minutes, just journaling, mm-hmm. 
Um, and I have the journal for your listeners who want it. I have the journal process exactly that I've used for the past seven years on my website, Megan-Miller.com. Get it, please. Yes. Please. So I would do this process in the morning and then I would keep two promises to myself. One was how can I show up for somebody else? So it would be something as simple as texting a girlfriend and saying, hey, I'm just thinking of you. Sending the colleague a note and saying, you really killed that presentation yesterday. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, Angela, it gave me such a high. Yeah. A high that I used to get from the email or from Mm -hmm. closing the deal or from fixing the thing. I replaced that by showing up and doing something for somebody else. Oh, that's amazing. I love that so much. Oh, it's and all it takes is a minute. And I will tell you, you will feel you will show up differently in your day Mm. and your relationships will change, too. So there's there's that. And then the second thing I did, and it sounds so simple, but like I said, it's the simplest things that make the biggest difference. It was taking 10 minutes in a day to do something that made me happy. Oh, yeah. We we forget to do that, don't we? Right. Who? uh, Right. Fun. Isn't that mm-hmm. something? <laughs> and I think it's just when when you infuse those little moments of happiness into your day, you show up differently. Yes. You read the emails differently. You show up in the conversations differently because you've given yourself that moment to just feel inspired and connected by yourself. And you're not putting all of that weight on your job to feel every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was you know, taking 10 minutes to get back into writing. Like yeah. I always loved to read and write. I always carried a book around as a kid and then corporate culture got a hold of me. So it was taking that time to write. Or I would say, if you always loved photography mm-hmm. as a kid, taking 10 minutes and taking the camera outside for a walk around your neighborhood, or it can be something as simple as maybe lacing up the sneakers and going for a 10 minute walk around your neighborhood no phone in hand, just you and nature and give yourself just that free moment to connect with your thoughts. Yes, like that can be powerful. Well, and you know, at this, you know, I'm 45 years old and I'm at that age group where some of my friends are kind of becoming empty nesters and they're talking about, oh, now I have time to do this and now I have time to do that. And I'm like, you had the time all along. You just didn't prioritize it. Right. And so one of the things that I I tell myself and I tell others all the time when somebody says, oh, you know, that person's, um, you know, we, we just didn't connect because we're both busy. We're both this, we're both this. I'm like, no, everybody has has time in their day, how they prioritize their day is what makes a difference. Like everybody has the same 24 hours. Some people are running multiple companies. Some people are, you know, single parents. Some people are raising a family, you know, how you prioritize your day and whether or not you make yourself a priority is the difference. You know, you always have time. We all have the same amount of time, but if you don't give yourself that, you know, that that time to to be happy and to do things you love to do, then you're never going to squeeze it in. You're going to squeeze it in when you're retired. You're going to squeeze it in, you know, later on in life. Enjoy life now. I love that. You know, what was such a I, th- I think there were many gifts over COVID. Yes. And for me, like you couldn't you couldn't hide anymore from the yeah. shit that you've been running from for so long. <laughs> yes. Right. Like you can go in that closet so you, had- you need to clean. <laughs> Right. The thoughts in your for me, it was the thoughts in my head, like Mm -hmm. I had to deal with it. And one of the things I realized 
is I got a high from being busy. Yes. Yeah. I would sit with my husband on Sundays and go through our calendar and I would be like, and I'm here and you're here. And then we're meeting here and we're doing here and we're doing <laughs> like I and, and it gave yes. me a high, almost like I it made me feel important and validated that I was all these places and I would always be anyone who asked me, I'm busy. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Girl, I didn't even have a chance to go to the bathroom today. Mm-hmm. Like, like it was a badge of honor. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And it's that validation. It's that, you know, that maybe this comes from when we were, you know, younger, maybe this is a childhood trauma of the, you know, am I not worthy? And now Mm. you are worthy and you're in demand by all these people, you know, and, and that's maybe how we're getting that validation. I love that Angela. I never thought of it like that, but that's God, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. This so, drug yeah. of achievement, man. She's a it's hard tough. one. To kiss. She's <laughs> a hard. Just, listen, I've been on this journey for seven years. And that's uh-huh. what I would tell your audience. Yeah. You know, Angela and I can sit here and talk about our stories and which we are so happy to do. But just know that wherever you are in your journey, it's just that a journey. And it this is. all takes time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to 18 year old you setting out on your journey? Because I mean, you've come so far, you know, when you're 18 years old and you think, you know, everything, what advice would you give yourself? Oh my God. I would have a long, <laughs> there, there, would be, Listen. Would, oh, there are many things I would right. want to say to her, but if, <laughs> man, um, I think the first thing I would let her know is it all turns out better than you could have ever expected. Wow. And everything you are looking for, Mm. you have inside you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because I feel like we all, you're what you were saying in the very beginning, how, you know, as soon as I do this, and as soon as I get that, and as soon as I can check this box, then it'll be better, then this will happen, then I can be complete. And there's always something, right? There's always something else, some other achievement that you need to get in order to feel complete. Are you a book reader by chance? I am. Yes. There's this great book that I just finished. It's called The Gap to Gain by Dan Sullivan. Okay. And as you're talking about this, it just made me flash to the book. And he talks about how we are culturalized to Mm -hmm. think it's the next thing. So you get you get the 3000 square foot house. Then you want the 6000. Yes. You get the nice car. Then you want the luxury model. Uh huh. You can afford the $20 bottle of wine, then you want the 50, right? Like you're never, it's all, it's this, it's this ladder that never ends and it's you versus you and how we never take a moment. It's not recognized. It doesn't get enough airtime for you to really stop and look at the gains. Look Mm -hmm. at all you have done. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we were saying this earlier today too, that, you know, we never sit back and give ourselves accolades for like, huh, look what I did. Look what I accomplished, you know, and all you can think of is, yeah, but I haven't done this yet. And I haven't done that yet. Oh, and you know what? And it's, it's, I love that you said Mm -hmm. that. So my mind just flashed too. you ever have this? I'm notorious for doing this. Um, Uh Anybody, anybody says to you, oh, you look, I love that outfit. Oh, it was on sale. Oh yeah. You look, you look all so, the time. Your hair looks great. Oh, I didn't wash it. Yeah. Like you are so 
quick mm-hmm. to want to discredit yeah. when anybody says anything nice about you. A hundred percent of the time, all the time. Yes. Or, or, Hey, I love your car. Yeah. Thanks. It's a gas guzzler. You know, it's like you can't, <laughs> you can't take a compliment without immediately discrediting the person. And you know, you're, you're really discrediting them, right? Like you're telling them, you don't know what you're talking about. Really? I mean, when you think about it, you know, somebody has gone out of their way to give you a compliment. They're trying to be nice. And you've just told them, you don't really know what you're saying. (laughs) Yes. So a goal of mine this year, and I have not done very, very good at it. I am trying. It's a progress. Yeah. Is when someone says that to me, just say thank you. Right. Right. (laughs) Thank you. Absolutely. And move on. Like, you know, I, it, it, I just these things that we don't think about, but I think when you become aware of them, which is what I love that you're doing with this community is creating yeah. awareness on these ways that we discredit ourselves mm-hmm. and we don't realize it. So when you become aware of it, then you have the power to change it. Yes, 100 percent. I agree with you. So what inspires you or who inspires you? Mm, that's a great question. I would say that I look for inspiration every day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I truly believe that what you look for in life, you find. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And there was so much in my life that I would think, why does this happen to me? Mm -hmm. Nothing ever works out for me. Of course, this is my luck. Why do Mm -hmm. I have to fix everything? Give it to me. I'll handle it. And of course, then I would find things to support that narrative. But when you look for the good, you find the good. And so one of these things with this five minutes with myself in the morning that has expanded is to just take some moments in the morning to to write out some things I'm grateful for. And I I know we all talk about a gratitude practice and yada, yada, yada. But but there's so much science that that supports when you just start your day with three things that you're grateful for, how you find more good throughout the day. Oh, yeah. So, you know, for instance, today with the inspiration of a a girlfriend of mine had to have a tough conversation with me yesterday. I was sending out this video message for for this up for this business, for a piece of business. And I sent it to her to look at. And she sends back to me. That wasn't that good. Oh, wow. Better. (laughs) Yeah. And so, of course, Angela, of course, I'm pissed off. And I'm right. You're like, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Right. And I went and of course, you'll appreciate this type A or then I think to myself, you suck, Megan. Like, why didn't you get that right? But well, what was on the other end of that after recording it five more times is she was right. I was I could have done better. And I did. So I found inspiration in the courage that she had to have that conversation with me because that's not easy to do to be truthful with someone. Right. It's not. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, you know, we, we do that. I think a lot is, you know, we get offended by criticism instead of looking at it as a gift. And if criticism is delivered in the right way, it really is a gift. And the person is having the courage to say to you something that you need to hear. 
So, you know, some criticism is just mean spirited and it's just trash. You disregard it. But, but the rest, I mean, there really is some truth in it. Right. And so you want to take that step back and, you know, like you did it five more times and you said, I'm going to get this right. And you did. And had she not said that and you put it out there and, you know, now the whole world is seeing something and you're like, eh, I could have done better. I wish somebody had been honest with me about that. Yes. I once read this quote, and it was something along the lines of, don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Ooh, I like that. That's really good. Yeah, that stuck with me. Mm -hmm. So tell me, um, as women, we give our power away all the time. So, you know, we were just talking about that, you know, when people give us a compliment, ah, you know, it's, it's, my hair wasn't washed today, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. And I think as we're building our career, we do that all the time because we want to be a team player. We want to be liked. We want to, you know, we want to give everybody else out accolades. And then, you know, in our mind, like, oh, it was really the team. And then you want the team to step up and say, but she did a great job. And then they don't, you're like, yeah, okay. I, I missed the opportunity, <laughs> so, yes. but we don't, we give our power away all the time, you know, spouse, husband, kids, coworkers, teammates, you know, whatever it is. Tell me about a time that you gave your power away. And then another time that you stepped back into your power. And then what was the difference between the two? Why did you, mm. why did you do it differently? You know, I think for me, for the longest time, and I still struggle with this, but I really, the imposter syndrome, right? Like, Oh God. So I would sit in these rooms now, now, Angela, I had every reason to sit in that room. I had this 15 year career where I, where I did these incredible things, but I would sit in these room with these people. And I would think I have no, I I shouldn't be in this room. What am I going to (laughs) contribute? Absolutely. Right. And I would have these ideas, but I would hold myself back because I would think to myself, well, I can't say that I'll sound stupid. Mm -hmm. They'll think I'm stupid. So, so for me, what really held me back was my mindset. Yeah. And it was the conversations I was having in here Mm -hmm. with myself. So that really started to change for me when I would make time for myself to Mm -hmm. have that conversation with myself, free, write, make the promise to myself and then do it. I started to feel more courage to speak up. So for instance, baby getting this movement, it was terrifying because I had this 15 year corporate career. So that was my identity, right? I was Megan Miller with this hospitality company. Yes. And as I started to, and this is like where the real mind apps come, because you're like, I know this doesn't make me happy, but if I don't have this job, then who am I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I had this. So this was a long journey to the courage to build this movement and put it out into the world. But I just had this inner knowing I could not fight it. And it was this gut whisper, almost like the universe was slapping me upside the head and was like, dummy, listen to me. Yeah. And I walked into that office and I said to my boss, who I've had a great relationship with, and she's been a great supporter. And I said to her, um, either either I go part time, we do some sort of consultant opportunity or I'm done. Yeah. Wow. That's brave. Oh, and it was scary. I had no plan B. I had no no plan Mm. B. But I thought to myself, I have got to do this and I will figure it out because I always have. Yep. Yep. Jump off the cliff and the parachute will appear, right? Because I'll tell you this, you figured out everything else in your past. 
Yeah. And you'll figure everything else out in the future. And when I did that, it was like, while I was terrified, it was like this explosion of just excitement in my body. Like, Meg, yes. you got your own back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And good. it all worked out. So it they did. came back and said, you've been good to us. We want to be good to you. We'll move you to a consultant role. So, so it all worked out as it always does. So that's what I would tell your listeners that are listening right now and just have that inner gut whisper that knows that they were meant for more Yeah, Have the curiosity to lean into it and the bravery to action on it. Mm-hmm. One little micro step at a time. Oh, that's so powerful. Very, very, very powerful. I love it. So what, tell me about some of the obstacles that you've had. I mean, I know you've had to come, you know, I know that things open up when you're meant to be on a path, but mm. there's always obstacles, right? And so when those obstacles happen, do, what do you do? Do you, do you say, you know what, this isn't meant to be, or do you overcome them? And at what point do you say, I can do this regardless of what's coming at me right now? Oh God. Oh my God. I, there's so many. Obstacles. Yeah. As, it, as, <laughs> as I, as I, as you, as you're asking me that question, I look back on all of these struggles I've had in my life, but here's, what's really interesting. When you allow yourself a moment mm-hmm. to really look back on the building blocks. And now I can see that it all led me to this place that I was meant to be, which is yeah. not easy to do in the moment. And a, a story on that. So I was so I just married my husband um, in September, almost a year ago, 38 years old. Congratulations. First, thank you. First marriage. And I remember when my last relationship ended, I was in my mid 30s. All my girlfriends were married, having kids, doing the things. I, I think in your 30s, it becomes a comparison roller coaster. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here I thought I was a loser because I was in this little 900 square foot apartment. They all had these big, nice homes. I, I could barely keep food in the refrigerator. And my last relationship ended. And I remember turning. I remember being on the side of this major highway. 76. Yeah, I'm okay. sure you, yeah, yep. yeah. I'm, I've been there. <laughs> been there. And I remember and, and I remember sitting there just sobbing, sobbing, thinking that my life was over. And why can't these things work out for me? And I'll never have a relationship. And mm-hmm. right around that time, I had heard Tony Robbins actually say that he he was in a very similar situation. And he took the time to write down what he wanted in a partner, who he oh, wanted, wow. who he wanted to be. Hmm. And what he wouldn't tolerate. And I thought to myself, I never I never did that. I was always with the first person mm-hmm. that would look at me twice. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I was like, yeah. OK, I'll be with you. And so what I did, Angela, is that night I went home and I, I was scribbling and scribbling and scribbling on this journal. And I thought to myself, I am going to take a moment for me. And I feel confident that what is meant will show up. Well, wouldn't you know, a year later. I am wow. introduced to this man who come second date comes to my apartment in the bathroom. I had the little journal. He reads it and he comes out and he says to me, this man you're looking for, it's me. Oh. And it was, <laughs> it was to a T and that is my now husband. Oh, that's so wonderful. I love it. love it. love it. love it. So that's just a tangible full circle moment of yeah. here. I, here I thought mm. this was gone. This was, this was the end. 
And it mm-hmm. was truly just the beginning. Ah, that's amazing. So I did something similar. So perhaps mine will come eventually because the last relationship that I had, you know, I had just tolerated a little bit more than I was willing to. I just, I just wasn't, I just was done. I was just done. You know, I realized that. And so I wrote this whole long mantra, right? <laughs> like mm. I will never tolerate X, Y, Z. And I'm looking for this, this, this. And, and so, you know, if I've, I've got dated a little bit since then, and every time I look at that mantra, I'm like, yeah, no, not it next. <laughs> just I, can't, I am sticking to the mantra. I can't wait for you to tell me, Meg, I found him. <laughs> And it was all due to the mantra. I can't wait because it will happen. Yeah, it will happen. Yeah, yeah. It's like now I read it and it's like, yep, that's what I'm waiting for. I am waiting, happily waiting because I am done tolerating what I don't deserve. So and I think for me, too, I'd be curious your take on this because I was never taught this or had the conversation around it. I really had to feel good about me first. Right, right. Before, like I look back and I was so desperate for Mm -hmm. a man's attention. And I'm sure this comes back to the childhood, right? Absolutely. I was so desperate for it that I would sacrifice myself at all costs, even if I knew I wasn't being treated well, I was so desperate for the love. And when I finally Mm -hmm. thought, well, I need to, I need to take a moment to connect with me first and get to know me. Did I change how I showed up? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, and and I think that that's, you're absolutely right. Does it come from childhood? A hundred percent. Because, you know, I think in the very, you know, when I, when I am divorced, but when I was married, I think I married, you know, based on who is not going to walk out on me and who is not ah. going to do this, who is not going to do that. And so I had all the knots covered, but I didn't have the, but I really want this. And I really want that because I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew what I didn't want. Right. And so I didn't marry the person I wanted. I married the person that I knew covered all the, well, I don't want this, you know? And mm-hmm. so for me, it was a really huge learning opportunity, but one that I had to go through because I had to have that moment of, I married the person that I didn't want to be like my dad Ah. versus the person that was truly meant to be for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's, boy, I tell you the childhood traumas, they really come back at you, don't they? (laughs) And just when you think you kicked up, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I'm fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. While you're curled up in fetal position in the corner. I'm fine. I'm just fine. Leave me alone. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. Well, this has been so much fun, but I need to know, what do you wish more people knew? I wish more people would be brave enough to put the mask down and be vulnerable. Yeah. And have these conversations that you and I are having here. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's very powerful. Like I, for me in my journey, I thought it was easier to hide behind the mask, Mm -hmm. live in a cocoon Mm -hmm. and tell the world it was fine. I was fine and never really have those, those deep conversations. Yeah. But when you're able to be brave and, and put that mask down and share what you're struggling with, with your tribe, not only do they start to show up, you realize you're not alone in this journey and it gives you the bravery mm-hmm. to tap into certain parts of yourself. And it, it just builds this connection. And the happiest people I know 
and it's been scientifically proven are those that are connected and have a strong social ecosystem around them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, we were talking before the podcast that our commonality is struggle. It's not success, right? Mm. So our commonality is struggle. So the more you can be open and honest, the more connection you can have, right? Because if you can be open and honest and say, here's where I struggled and somebody else is like, oh my gosh, I felt that way too. I thought I was the only one, right? Like yes. you never know, you never know. Yes. And it's typically those people that you think have it all together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because they're just good. They're good at masking it. They're good at hiding it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They're good at masking it. Some of my best friends in my whole life, I looked at them as, oh, they've got it all together. They've got it all together, but we're best friends because we don't have it all together. And it was that discovery of the obstacles, the challenges, the fears, the insecurities. That's what brought us together. Not, you know, celebrating every achievement. It was, you know, the, I've been there too. We can Mm. do this. You know, we've got this. So yeah. I love that. So, well, this has been so much fun, Megan. I really have enjoyed our conversation and I knew we'd connect and this is, this would be great, but I think you bring so much value to our audience and I'm so, so appreciative of your time today. Oh, and I'm appreciative of you. Thank you for building this, the courage to build it the courage to be vulnerable week after week and share your story. I am so happy that that we had a chance to meet and connect and, and share our stories and be a part of this beautiful tribe. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again. And I know that this will not be the end of our connection, but I just wanted to thank you. So um, thank you to everyone who's listening. Be sure to join us next time here on the Pretty Powerful Podcast and make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you don't miss our next show. And if you want to learn more about Megan Miller, please visit our website at prettypowerfulpodcast.com and you will be able to link directly to her. Thank you again. Thank you you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.